and also next Sunday will be the third session of that. Now, before we receive this morning's tithes and offerings, last week we received an offering for Child Legacy Ministries, Jeff and Corinne Rogers in Africa. We sent them $2,700 this week. Thank you. And he is coming here to minister on November 19th, I think it is. We'll have that. But So, so um, plan ahead for that. I realize that's the last Sunday of deer season. And we've always tried to avoid that. But we will believe you get your deer before then. Okay? <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, I know. But what I want to do this morning before we receive the tithes and offerings is I want to pray a blessing upon you. Because sowing seed and bringing your offerings is a form of worship. And you're so faithful. And you always, people forget that God has promises that go along with your giving and he wants to bless you. So I'm going to speak a blessing over you this morning. Father God, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your word. Your word says if we bring all the tithe into the storehouse, we will have more than enough, then the windows of heaven will be open. Your word also says if we sow, good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, will you bring back to us on every wave. Father God, we sow because we believe your word. We sow because we know you're a good God and that you have good things for us. Father, so that we can sow again, so that we can do the work of the ministry. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your goodness and mercy that endures forever. Now, I speak a blessing over this people. I thank you that they have good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over all that they have need of, Father God. Not only financially, but Father God, spiritually, all of you. I know that the heart's cry of this people is for more of you, Father God. So give us more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, you can go ahead and receive this morning's tithes and offerings. Turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1. 
Today will be the last in the series on Gilgal and the church. You have a sheet they hand out every week that gives you all the scriptures and basically the outline of the message. And there are a lot of scriptures on there, and I'm not going to get to all those today, but you can go home and look those up. The reason uh, I started this whole series because God spoke to me the word as I walked up the steps last November on Gilgal. And I began to study it, and I began to see the prophetic parallels from the, the nation of Israel when they crossed the river, amen, that Jordan River, into the promised land. And uh, it's just like Pastor Brad shared, you know, you get tired of going around the mountain, you know what I mean? And they did cross the river, but then they had to face the giants, And so we started to give you a a number of themes on strong leadership, personal responsibility, consecration, circumcision of the heart, and then a military mindset. We said Gilgal means like a wheel, or it means God rolled away the disgrace of Egypt from his people. They would no longer be known as a nation of slaves, but conquering warriors. And this is what I want you to see today, the spiritual truth I'm going to give you. And each week I've tried to give you just a basic um, sentence or paragraph so you understand what we're talking about today. And I'll read it to you. God's remnant church must display what? Courage and strength in these last days as it confronts the forces of darkness in order to advance the kingdom of God. This courage and strength can only be obtained by knowing God's Word and obeying God's Word. It's that simple. Amen? So I want to read to you. We're going to read in, in Joshua chapter 1. And uh, let's start with the first, the first verse. I'm going to read it to you. It's, it's a really good passage of Scripture, the first nine verses. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord... It came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of the Hittites, and the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Be strong. He says, I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of what? Good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. He repeats this throughout this passage. That you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? 
Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I want to read to you, um, I've got a book called The Wisdom of the Generals, and it's, it's an excellent book. I've had it for years, and it, it just, it's a, they put together sayings and, and quotes from these generals. And Omar Bradley, as the general of the Army, U.S. Army, he says, Bravery is the capacity to perform properly even when scared half to death. Now listen. Courage does not mean that you're never afraid. Very few individuals fit this category. Sooner or later, all of us are going to face a situation which downright frightens us. It need not be in battle. It could be a fear of losing our job or even the fear of a new job or a new challenge. Courage simply means that we will do what we must despite the fear. General Bradley puts it, perform properly even when scared half to death. In combat. I once flew as a co-pilot navigator with a man who was known as the most courageous pilot in the squadron. He had won numerous medals for his bravery under fire. In this instance, we were attacking a convoy of trucks, and I think this was the Vietnam War, which were defended by numerous anti-aircraft guns. He flew the aircraft and fired the weapons while I managed the fuel, made the radio calls, talked to the forward air controller, and controlled the armament panel. We rolled into the target, dived to drop our first bomb. Both of us knew that we were clearly visible to our enemies on the ground. Every gun was right on us. The sky was filled with tracers, which were so close that I, could, I felt I could reach out and touch them. A single hit from a 37-millimeter cannon fire could strike a vital part of the aircraft and down us, but none hit us. As we came off target, I could see my commander was as scared as I was. He was shaking so badly that the stick with which he controlled the aircraft was shaking too, causing the whole aircraft to shake and fly somewhat erratically. Boy, that was awful, he said. How many guns were there? I counted eight 37 millimeters and seven ZPUs, I replied. Awful, he repeated as the aircraft shook. I thought he was going to call it a day and pull off the target. Instead, he said, only give me another napalm, and we rolled in again. We kept making passes until all of the trucks were destroyed. Each time, the guns were right on us, and I could see that he was at least as scared as I was, but he kept flying and fighting despite the fear. I got a special place, and so does Kathy and our whole family for anybody that's been in the military. Amen. Thank God for those men and women. We were uh, in class last Sunday afternoon, and we interesting story about George Washington. And I didn't take the time. I've got a book I've read about George Washington. It's in the book as, as well as it was in the class last week. He led his man across the Potomac River was on a horse, and if I, if I remember right, they fired, they had, those Hessian soldiers had their guns trained on him to take him out. Took his horse out from under him. Now, Rich, you can, you can correct me, but I think he, he, he got done. There were how many bullet holes that had passed through his clothes? Four? Four, six. That hadn't hit him. 
We're talking about courage today. In the Hebrew, and I want to look at these, these words here from Joshua, be strong and of good courage. Strong in the Hebrew means courageous, valiant, manly, established, firm, fortified, obstinate. That's a good one. Mighty. In um, Hebrews 11, in fact, I want you to turn there. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. Say, say this with me. My strength comes from God. Hebrews chapter 11. Familiar passage of Scripture. Look at verse 30. And even begins with the account of Jericho. It says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. What more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Now listen out of weakness were made strong. Out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Amen? Ephesians 6, verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Apostle Paul in First. Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me. That word enabled in the Greek means make strong. Because He counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. Now let me tell you something. This would be a good thing to write down in your notes. God will never ask you to do something without enabling, enabling you or giving you the strength to do it. If God has called you to the ministry, He'll give you the grace and the strength to do it. If God's called you to business, He'll give you the wisdom and the ability to do that. Amen? 2 Corinthians 12.10 says, here again, the Apostle Paul, for the sake of Christ, I'm well pleased and take pleasure in infirmities, insults, hardships, persecutions, perplexities, and distresses. For when I am weak in human strength, then I am truly strong, able, powerful in divine strength. The Message Bible says, the less I have, the more I depend on Him. That's the word strong. The word courage in the Hebrew means to be alert and active, to be swift-footed and strong in the feet as if to stand against the enemy. It means alertness of mind and, and an undaunted spirit as opposed to feebleness and sinking knees. It means to prevail over anyone or over unfavorable, unfavorable situations. How many of you got some unfavorable situations? Well, God's given us the courage to prevail over them. It means to resolve, to make oneself firm, and be steadfast-minded. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 23. 2 Samuel 23. 
David had some mighty men. And I'm going to read you an account in 2 Samuel 23 of one of his men. It says in verse 8, I'm not going to go through all these names. They're, they're very different. Look at... Uh, uh, let me just start verse 8. I'll, I'll just get myself through it. These are the names of the mighty man whom David had. Josheb, Basabeth, the Tachamanite, chief among the captains. He was called Adino, the Esnite, because he had killed 800 men at one time. Wow. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Aohite, one of the three mighty men with David when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle, and the men of Israel had retreated. Now listen. He arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. Can you imagine in a battle and you're, you're so worried but your hand is just melted into that sword? I'd say that's courage. Amen? Now, why must a believer display strength and courage? Why must you and I display strength and courage? Number one, it's a command, not a request. It's a command, not a request. Say it. It's a command to be strong and courageous. It's not a request. John fifteen fourteen, Jesus said, You're my friends if you do whatever I command you. See, there's no wiggle room. There's no compromise. Verse 17, these things I command you that you love one another. So that's pretty simple, straightforward. It's a command, not a, not a request. Number two, God does not take pleasure in the fearful. Look at Hebrews 10. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. Look at verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has what? No pleasure in him. So, does God take pleasure in people that are fearful? Faint-hearted? Weak? No. He doesn't. Look at... Uh, Deuteronomy 20. I'm, make, I'm going to make you go through the Scriptures today. That's why you bring your Bibles. Deuteronomy 20. In fact, when Kaylee was typing all this up, she says, are you going to do all those Scriptures? So I guess that was an indication I wasn't supposed to. No, I'm not going to give you all the Scriptures. You can take that home and study those. Look at this, though, in Deuteronomy 20, and you find this also in Judges with Gideon and his army, too. But in, in the principles of governing warfare, Deuteronomy 20, we're going to look at verse 8. It says, The officer shall speak further to the people and say, What man is there who's fearful and faint-hearted? That's up front, isn't it? Let him go and return to his house, lest the heart of his brethren faint like his heart. 
Amen. You know, you, I, I, it's interesting to watch all those accounts of the Navy SEALs and the Rangers. They become a family. They become a team. They've got each other's back. Sad to say, in Christian circles in the church world, most Christians shoot each other or knife each other in the back. shouldn't be that way. We need to encourage each other and support each other. When one's weak, we help them build them up. But I want you to see, you know, it's a command, not a request, and God takes no pleasure with the fearful. Number three, we have the promise of His presence. You can look that up on your own, the rest of those scriptures. Joshua 1.9, says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord... Your God is with you. Say, my God is with me. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. You're in Deuteronomy. Look at Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy 31. Why must the believer display strength and courage? And this is an important one. For the sake of others. For the sake of others. And you can look up those scriptures. But in Deuteronomy 31.7, it says, Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them. Now listen. And you shall cause them... To inherit it. See, how you encourage others, you know, you can be a blessing to other people to help them in their receiving their spiritual inheritance. And the Lord, He's the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. For, it's for the sake of others. Then the next one, we have the greater one. Real simple, 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We have the greater one on the inside of us, don't we? Now, finally, our responsibility. You and I have a responsibility. There's some things that we can do. And you can look at Joshua again. If you want to go back, I'm about done. Joshua chapter 1, and I read it to you. It says, Be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law that which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it. What? Day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. So you and I need to meditate in the Word of God. And that's how we started this morning. I told you how important it is. If we're going to be strong and courageous in the days ahead, we can't do it without the Word. There's just no, there's just no way. And uh, you're going to have to make a good quality decision the days ahead. If you're not in the Word, you're going to have to get your nose in the book more than ever before. You're going to have to be in prayer. You're going to have to be in fellowship with people.
people of like faith. You're going to have to be in church. Folks, things are changing real fast. And the messages are becoming more serious. Not that it's, they've never been serious, but there's some warning in there for all of us. We've got to meditate in God's Word. We, Proverbs 4 Verse 20 says, Attend to my word, incline thine ear unto my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, for their life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. You and I have to give attention to God's word. Amen. Then we've got to wait on the Lord. There's some good scriptures on that. Look at Psalms 27. Psalms 27. David was a warrior, but he also loved God. Loved his word. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war may rise against me. In this I will be confident. Look at verse 14. Wait on the Lord. Say, wait on the Lord. Now, in the margin of my Bible, it says, wait in faith. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And if you'll study that out in the Hebrew, it's like as you're waiting on God, it's like a rope, and the strands that make that rope intertwine together. It's like you and God wrapping yourselves around each other. That's, that's really cool. That's what waiting on God is. If you're in a time right now, if you're going through a spiritual battle, you're dealing with some things, you're going to have to just learn how to wait on God. Sometimes sitting still and waiting isn't easy. At least it's not for Abe and I. Maybe it is for you. Some of us, we have to work at it. Amen. Then the other thing is, you have to learn, and I have to learn, to encourage ourselves in the Lord. I won't have you turn there, but you remember a Ziklag with David. You know, they came back, and the, I don't remember the Amalekites. I don't remember who who they were. The enemy had stolen away their wives, their children, their belongings, and David was at a point of real discouragement. And in fact, the people were just in the process they wanted to stone him. You know, that's like you got to the point you just wanted to throw rocks at me. Pretty disheartening. Pretty discouraging. But what did David do? He pulled himself up by the bootstraps and encouraged himself in the Lord. The Bible says, let the weak say I'm strong. The Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. One of the things, and I'll close with this from my heart, and uh, I think this applies to everyone here, just listening to Pastor Brad this morning was an encouragement to me because I, sometimes you feel like you're the only one. <laughs> and and if, you're got, if you're spiritually astute to any degree, you're going to have to recognize there's, there's some things going on right now. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. 
And if you're not going to be in the Word or in prayer or in fellowship with God, in worship daily, worship is so important, isn't, isn't it? But one of the things that's going to take as much courage when you, you fight an, an enemy on the outside, you're going to have to be strong and courageous in dealing with the sin in your own life. And this week I found out I got some areas in my life. How about you? I I recognized, boy, I can't even believe I'm a pastor. Now I'm not talking about a terrible sin. I didn't commit adultery. So don't leave here thinking, my God, what's wrong with him? There's just areas in our life that sometimes we neglect. And like Pastor Brad said, you, you think everything goes well for a season, but if you're not really honing in on some things diligently, then it'll come back to bite you in the butt. I don't know what's going on in your heart. See, when my blood pressure got to 225, that was a pretty wake-up call when I was in the ER Wednesday night. And see, the lot of the lot of things we blame on the devil is really our own fault. It's our own fault. We we don't eat right. We don't exercise right. We don't treat our loved ones right. We don't treat our spouse right. Our kids right. And we want God to bless us. Ain't gonna happen. I want you to know I, I love you. But right now you better be praying for your parent your parents. Pray pray for your parents, but pray for your pastors. Pray for their family. Pray for each other. We're all in this fight together. And if we're not careful, we'll turn on each other. And and that's not that's not good. Be strong and of good courage. So we're gonna have to work at it. I am. <laughs> How about you? Let's stand to our feet. Pretty pretty sobering message. But you know what? I have confidence in my God. And I know if I will attend to His Word and and wait on Him, put my trust in Him, it's all going to work out. Amen? How many of you would say, let's close our eyes today. I'm not going to make you come up here and lay hands on you. Just so relax. How many would say, Pastor Mike, what I heard today applies to me? Okay, put your hands down. Father, in the name of Jesus, God of all mercy and God of all grace, Holy Spirit, You are the great comforter and the one that will strengthen and empower the Father's children. We thank You for Your strength. We thank You, Lord God, for an infusion of strength 
and courage, Lord, to deal with everything that we need to in the days ahead. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I take authority over the spirit of strife. I bind it up over this body, over every family in the name of Jesus, and in its place I loose a spirit of peace. Father, I thank You that You're raising us up for such a time as this, and we want to be used of You. So, Holy Spirit, continue to shine Your light in the deep recesses of our heart so we can discern and recognize the adjustments and the areas that we need to change. We thank You, Lord, for Your goodness and mercy today. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you. And we, I covet your prayers. In fact, I didn't even tell Kathy or my family. I was on my knees yesterday, and, and God spoke to me some things. And it, it really, first thing I go, that must be for everybody. And then I realized, maybe that was just for me. <laughs> but it was really good, and I think it's for the body, but I need to pray it out, study it out. Amen. Anything else? Well, if you're going to stay, they give you plenty of time to eat. It's 11 so we got plenty of time. So, before I go, is there anyone here that needs healing in your body? Prayer for healing? Yes, ma'am. Your left ankle. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for Tony's ankle this day. I bind up infirmity and I speak to the ligaments, the tendons, the muscles, to her joints. I speak healing, health, and strength in the name of Jesus for healings in the name. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. One more. Yes, ma'am. Your what? Your thumb? What's wrong? You hit it with a basketball. Did you jam it? That hurts. Yeah, she doesn't care if you're really hurt. It's just, did you make the basket? But I care about your thumb. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lose healing upon this thumb, Father. We thank you for your healing virtue to flow into this joint now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Years ago, we were playing volleyball down in Columbus, and I think it was church league, I don't know, and I, this rather large woman hit me, and the knee really hurt me. And, and I was laying there, and she just said, get him off the court, we have the momentum. That's the woman I married. And I was hurt. I mean, I came home. Thank God Ed Dufresne the prophet was. It was when we had the meetings at the, where was it? Ramada Inn laid hands on me. I was healed instantly. But, you know, I'm glad I married a winner. How about you? Yes, sir.
you need to drink a lot of water like me. Hey, <laughs> amen. Less coffee. Amen. Well, God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night. Plan on altar ministry. Be here, and we'll, we'll continue what we were going to do last Wednesday. Thank you.